Hello, everybody, and welcome to Retro Rewind. Today, we are talking about Rolling Thunder for a variety of systems. Put your spy hats on? Craig, say something spy-like. Uh, money Penny, how are you today? Very good. All right, I wasn't Money Penny. I was Sean Connery uh, okay. also because in this... I can't do a Brosnan. So, with me to talk about Rolling Thunder in all of its glory is my good friend Craig. Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. That was very unspy-like. Oh, I've forgotten again. Hang I'll on. Uh, 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 is that a gun in your pocket? Yeah, <laughs> 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 Alright, I'll take it. So, really quick, getting this, getting this out of the way. Uh, Rolling Thunder was released in the arcades in 1986 in both uh, North America and Japan by Namco. It was then re-released on the Commodore 64, the Amiga, the Amstrad CPC, the ZX Spectrum, and the Famicom slash NES. Uh, that was anywhere from 1987 all the way up until 1989. It was still getting re-released. It does have a few sequels, both on home console and in the arcade, but we're not here to talk about the sequels. We're here to talk about Rolling Thunder. Rolling. And this is our first game in the new... Uh, what would you call it? Retro Rewinds, colon, Through the Ages. Through through the Ages, all right. Yeah, I just came So, uh, Craig, what you, what you got for history, dog? Uh, I do, well, no, none history whatsoever. Um, the closest I've got to any history or affinity to this game is every single time you say the game, or when I'm driving in the car for the past week, I've been going, um, rolling, rolling. Rolling on the river, dun, 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 dun. big wheels keep on turning. That's that's all I've got is just the word rolling. Okay, okay. Um, not rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those doggies rolling, no. raw high. No, not not even limp biscuits. Rolling, 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 rolling. It's that specific song every single time you say it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Are you a um? Are you a closeted Creedence Clearwater could, fan? Could be. It absolutely could be. Um, uh, I'm not coming out of the closet yet, but... Okay, all right. Um, we'll, we'll talk about your thoughts and feelings on Fortunate Son later on. <laughs> because I'm sure our audience loves hearing us talk about Creedence. Yeah, it's a safe podcast. <laughs> um, the Cle- Creedence Clearwater Revival Revival? Yes. Let's do it. Alright, okay. Uh, so you have no history at no, all? No, none. What about you? Never even heard of it? No, never heard of it. Never ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, Rolling Thunder was always something in the arcade that I'm sure we're going to have the music at the top of this mm-hmm. podcast. But just in case you missed it, go back and listen to it again. Because when you heard that blaring out of an arcade, it was like a siren song for me, man. It's like, that song <laughs> is cool. And so I just plunked a lot of quarters into it. Later I got it on the NES and I managed to complete it on the NES and I it was something that was always fun for you know a half well okay when I was a kid it was like an hour or two hours. Now I can blitz it in like a half hour 45 minutes somewhere in there either that or I end up dead. <laughs> uh, but yeah this is just it's another one of those games that are the old standby. Well I guess we should like, probably explain what it's like. If you know your your classics, this plays a lot like Shinobi, where you can jump high or stay on the ground level, and enemies will just come at you all helter-skelter, 
not really trying to kill you in most spots, but more or less just trying to bump into mm-hmm. you and saying, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Well taken half your health. Um, yeah, your wall takes, yeah, that's a little ridiculous, isn't it? Going back to the arcade yeah, edition. Yeah, it's but let's talk about that after. Okay, so yeah, it plays a lot like Shinobi. You are a guy in the coolest turtleneck ever. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not necessarily bell-bottoms, Craig. What are they? They're kind of like straight-leg jeans, but they're not jeans yeah I, I i in my head i imagine they were like corduroy for some strange reason and uh, yeah yeah um, and he's very lanky so it's very kind of he's very tall and cool looking very cool guy um in terms of visual design if you ever played the game like goggle 13 or watched the anime or read the manga uh he looks a lot like duke togo and that means nothing to you craig so moving yeah, on that's- uh, the the pace the pace of this game is very frenetic. Uh, there are doors everywhere throughout the entire level, and you can hit up and either hide in them, or go in to get some machine gun ammo or regular pistol ammo, which is limited. Which is a very key factor, I think, in this. If it was unlimited, it wouldn't be as much fun. But there's a random chance. I want to say I didn't notice a pattern of like, oh, an enemy always comes out of this door of enemies just surprising you by walking out of the door that's like two paces in front of you. Did that wear on you at all? No. It did me. That was a really blank guy. It didn't didn't bother. I didn't get far enough for it to actually become annoying. I I got more frustrated at the whole situation. Every single time I failed, I failed because I ran out of time or ran out of bullets or, you know, like I did something stupid out with people just ran you know like it wasn't the enemies coming out of doors that done me in it was always some my own mistake rather than the game screwing me over oh so uh now see i don't think i've ever lasted long enough to run out of time yeah so what you were just inching ahead little by yeah, little yeah that's not the way to play the game <laughs> at all um, <laughs> no absolutely not so i that was my f- that must have been my third or fourth playthrough was my slow and careful wins the race because I knew there was five um, levels. There we go, five levels. And I kept on getting to like the fourth, fifth mm-hmm. one consistently. So I thought I'll take my time going through the fifth one and then ran out of time. So I was like, you know what? That's me, game over. I went back today I, and I-, I got through the first five levels. And then I got into story two, which I didn't know existed. I didn't know it was going to go again. And I ran out of bullets. <laughs> so I was like, God. Well, I mean, at least you made it to story two. Interestingly, did you know that every screen you get one bullet? So you can duck in a screen, shoot, and then back out. Or, you know, you can move along, run away, run back, move along. You get one bullet every single time. Oh, really? I know. I didn't know that. So, I mean, it it makes it near impossible to kill anyone in any decent time. But, you know, (laughs) something. Yeah, because the spawn rate is absolutely ridiculous on there. In a good way. I mean... Otherwise, this would get kind of boring. Mm. Um, did you have any trouble, like, uh, let's say, second level uh, with the platforming, where you had to jump up the boxes and then you jump? Because um, he has a very weird jump. He's got a very, he's got a weird jump. I The biggest trouble I found was, say there's a setup where you've got one box, two boxes, one box, and you're standing on the first box, there's an enemy on the ground. If you're flush against the box and jump right, you go too far. So you knock into the enemy and the enemy kills you. So you need to you need to move back a wee bit. I don't know if I'm explaining this right. So you can jump forward without jumping forward too far. 
Yeah, it's got a very fixed jump yeah, distance. Exactly. So and it's just too far for two he jumps like two point two mics wide when or Mikey's wide when you just want him to jump two Mikey's wide. Now see I didn't think to measure this in Mikey's, but we will have to remember that moving <laughs> forward. That, that the Mikey's are a unit of measurement now. Um yeah, he's and he's got a very weird jump animation. Um Imagine if Mario jumped and then tucked his legs up into his abdomen every time he jumped. It's it's just a very weird jump to get used to. Uh, the tires always did me in, too. Yeah. Because, the- you know, you can only stand on the very small amount. And if you're trying to jump from tire to tire instead of falling mm-hmm. in. That got me many uh, We should probably say, what did you play it on? I played it on... I played two. I played the arcade and the NES version oh you did play the nes i, I, I was hoping you would um just to try it out i uh, didn't like it as much it's fair it just feels the music sped up too much it looks a bit less great and yeah, he has no face yeah and the biggest thing for me about the home port of this was it's just as difficult as the arcade like you would have thought and maybe i'm just being thick about this but i would have thought maybe it would be slightly easier to play or there was more of an end game than trying to nick your quarters because it feels like you know your ness is going to start asking you for quarters or something like that you know what i mean like well yeah i know exactly what you mean and i've always wondered this like that because that's a catch-22 right so you might buy the home edition of something because you want to finish it Mm -hmm. admirable goal but you may also want to buy it so you can practice for the arcade yeah. machine. Because that was a thing back then. Or maybe you want it to be as true to the arcade as possible, which means it's damn near impossible to finish. It's very true. So, yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a... See, I always thought the NES version was easier, but it may also be that I'm just more familiar with that. Like, I finished it on the NES this time. I didn't in the arcade. I couldn't beat the arc with a reasonable amount of quarters, mm-hmm. let's say. Infinity, because um, infinity it's very much, bottles. Infinity is a very reasonable amount of quarter. Uh, no, this is something where if you die, it's not like a contra thing where you'll spawn back where you died. You very much go back to uh, set checkpoints, and sometimes those checkpoints are quite a ways back. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I really like it. Like it's one of the things that struck me as being very good. Is you go down in one bullet. It's brilliant. It's actually like for as simple as that sounds. It's a brilliant thing going down in two punches maybe not so much but going down in one bullet is awesome and it's just confusing because you only get those two increments you go down in one bullet or two punches so why is the health counter the health bar split into eight sections like i'm looking at this going is there anything that's going to give me like one eighth of a bar of damage (laughs) it just doesn't um well hold on hold on so if you catch a grenade you still take ha- you still die yeah, one hit, yeah. right? Grenades are one hit. Okay, yeah. Panthers are one Bullets hit. Bullets are one hit. Those cool robotic panther mm-hmm. thingies, yeah. Um, the fire. The, yeah, that is yeah, weird. I don't, I don't know. It just. But the, the main point is that there's a kind of like I was trying to explain to you in text message today the way I was taking it is there's a trifecta or a um, what do you call one of those things? I can't think of any way to say it other than in a Zelda sense, but it's like a. There's a... A Triforce? Uh, I know, but I don't want to say Triforce, because that's just not right. There's a Triangle? There's a, tri- there's a trio. There's a trio 
of oh, mechanics. Okay. <laughs> Bloody hell. That um that really work for me. So the limited bullets, absolutely brilliant. The limited health, the very limited health, absolutely brilliant. And the sheer amount of bad guys on screen all work together to make a very fast-paced... Well, the timer's probably a fourth kind of floating thing, but it makes a very fast-paced, very fluid... Like, I did the first level a few times, and it feels really good to run in, shoot, jump, shoot another guy, shoot another guy, jump down and... Yeah, just constantly be moving. Yeah, just constantly moving. And it feels it feels a wee bit speedrunny. It feels like you could get really quick at this really, really well. It just feels right, so it clicked quite instantly. Um, and it does feel like the kind of game that you, could, you would want to get better and better at. Well, because, you know, chicks dig people that can play Rolling Thunder very well. Um... Yeah, like I think I think it speaks to each of those mechanics to where if one thing was off, like let's say the enemies weren't as ambivalent towards you for the most part. If they were all gunning for you all the time, it wouldn't be near as much yeah. fun. If, you know, your health wasn't as precious as it is, you wouldn't care about the enemy, so it wouldn't be as much yep. fun. I, I it's a really perfected um slice. Yeah. That they got going on there. I, I yeah. Um, I, you can kind of hear the way we feel about this, but just by the way we're talking about it. Um, as a side note, I did play the Amstrad version, the ZX Spectrum version, and the Commodore oh, sixty four version. I had to look and at, uh, I had to look at the specky version. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like yellow? Lots and lots of yellow. It's, it's not the best looking. It's not the best looking. I remember Specky games being better than that, but not this one, obviously. Did you have a Spectrum? I did. Yeah, I did. I I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, well, oh, we're going to have to talk about the old the old Specky because to me that's as archaic as a 267200. Like, do you think there's still fun games on the Spectrum? Uh, no. Does he? I said fun. Oh, you said fun, right? Uh, yes, yes. Um, nothing that you didn't play later in life that was better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, uh, I watch a lot of that LGR guy on YouTube, and he does a lot of old computer stuff. And some of it got me very interested in, oh, hey, the European computer mm-hmm. scene. Because, I, you know, we didn't have any of that here, especially the Amiga. Like, nobody really bought an Amiga here. And... um the one I always look at with, you know, a bit of a side eye is, is the Spectrum. Yeah. Uh, everything looks terrible on it. It looks like it controls god-awful. Yeah. But but uh, a lot of the people I've talked to have a ton of fondness for it. I'd say about as much fondness as I have for, like, the NES. And that always struck me as weird. So you you liked it, you enjoyed it at the time, but you don't have that overwhelming yeah, nostalgia I, for this. I don't have that. We were like we were computer, or I was a computer kid. So I went from I went from like a Spectrum Atari side of things to early PC gaming without really any without a an early console, and that's a lie sort of because I did have a Master System and a Mega Drive, but I can't. I remember having a couple of select games for those systems but the majority of gaming was on the computer side um that keyboard looks atrocious craig i yeah. i must commend yeah. you for doing that uh I, yeah who doesn't 
look fun. To be honest, I I don't know I don't know why I don't know why I wouldn't have you know like sat well I wouldn't have played the master system. I really hated the master system controller even when I was a kid. I hated it. Good man. Um, and I've said previously, like a couple of years ago now, when we were looking at our histories, that I loved it, but it was completely sarcastic, and I don't know if that came across. It's it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. Um, I loved my Mega Drive, but didn't have a lot of games. Loved my Mega CD, but didn't have a lot of games. Echo featured on all of them. Whatever. Uh, the of course. Now, now, and I know this is a bit of a divergent mm-hmm. path, but we got we got some yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I imagine a lot of the early episodes where it's mostly like really retro stuff will be like this. But how do you feel about the Gen Mega Drive control pad? I, I like it. I like it. It's, it's kind of like it's comfy enough in your hands. I prefer it. Oh, that was close. I nearly said I prefer it to SNES, but I don't. I prefer the SNES controller. But <laughs> okay. Oh wow! I was gonna say, jeez, man. But I don't. It's that mushy D-pad that kills. Oh me. yeah, the the actual buttons themselves are a bit spongy, a bit like jelly tots or something. There's something about it that's not quite right. But the the physicalness of it, the feel of it, it's not that bad. Um, how many Wii U game pads would you give out out of five Wii U game pads? <sighs> Uh, probably three Wii U gamepads out of five. Right. Uh, is it better to be more gamepads or less gamepads? Uh, I think if you're five out of five gamepads, you've done something wrong. Like the Master System controller <laughs> is five out of five Wii U oh, gamepads. Okay. Um, since we're hitting that age where we like to mine our youth for nostalgia, um, have you ever thought about getting a Specky? Nah. Not in the slightest. This this is one of those things. If doing this show has taught me anything, it's that most of my fond memories are wrong. Um, and actually, yeah, I I know the feeling. Do you know, um, Retronauts did a great episode on misplaced nostalgia, and it's fantastic to listen to because they go through the exact same thing that a lot of people our age must go through, which was. Oh my god, this was terrible. What was I thinking? <laughs> and I think I think there's two ways you can go. You can go the sane route and say, "Yeah, oh boy, that was Centurion Defender of Rome on the Genesis was not the greatest strategy game in the world." Or, or B, you can do that. No, they don't make games like they used to. Route. I like to think sane people go the first route. Uh huh. You would hope. I would hope. Uh, do you have any misplaced nostalgia now that you brought that up? Oh, bloody hell, yeah. I've... Like, even though you know it's bad, <laughs> it's like, oh, I still love it. Dave, I've got t- I've got Don't say Dizzy. Of, well, that was my first greatest example was Dizzy. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of the old platformers, a lot of the old kind of like Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes stuff, a lot of like Taz, Bugs Goes to Hollywood and stuff like that, um, even through things like Jazz Jackrabbit and things, I I love all of them because I can remember loving them, but I bet most of them are terrible. With the exception of Bugs Goes to Hollywood, because I think that's a good game. I think I, I've been very curious. I think this isn't the first time we've brought up the Looney Tunes platformers yeah. from like the 16-bit era. I remember playing uh, Bugs Bunny Lost in Time oh, on the PlayStation yeah. and thinking it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what about you? Have you got anything that you think I, that that's that's just? I shouldn't be nostalgic over that. Mine's for later stuff, and I think I think the reason why it, it's more nostalgic for later stuff is because that stuff I bought with my own money. Oh, you know, so like PS One, PS Two era yeah. stuff. I mean, I, 
or like my game. I I I love my GameCube. There's not a lot very good on GameCube, but I, I love that little thing. It's just adorable. I will buy the versions on GameCube's games that are much better <laughs> on other <laughs> systems, but. It's for the geek. It's got a little mini disc. It has a carry handle, yep. Craig. It's adorable. Yep. So, yeah, like I think me buying it, it kind of has a lot to do. Uh, same with um, the, the rare game, Snake, Rattle, and Roll. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or yeah. like Fester's yeah. Quest. I bought those with like birthday money. And so they were, they weren't bad games. I was just bad at playing okay. them, you understand. So, yeah, I, I have a, a decent... Although, uh, like, I'm glad we are doing this because we are systematically knocking out misplaced nostalgia. <gasps> I just thought something that... I don't know if it's misplaced nostalgia. So before we move on and back to Rolling Thunder, can I ask you if it's right or wrong? I have a huge right. amount of nostalgia. Like, I wish that it still happened where you would go into a game shop like Electronics Boutique and you would go and you would find, like, it doesn't have to be, but a virgin white label version of, you know, Day of the Tentacle or something like that, the, the republished, but it comes in a big box that's shrink-wrapped, and you can shake it and hear the CD crackling about inside it, but it's the big box that you unwrap and then open to get the CD inside it. I just... I know it's a waste of packaging, and I've got no idea why so many games and games came in such big boxes. But it was so good getting that big box. Love the big box. Oh, you're a big box PC yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you know what? That that I think falls down the middle, right? Because some big box PC games were great because of all the feelings, mm -hmm. or like you know, like the Wheel of Pirates yep, yep. for DRM. You know that stuff was yeah. cool. Uh, and then you have like, oh, this box is huge and there's just a CD yep. case in it. Um, I think they look really nice on a mm -hmm. shelf. I, I remember I've got so, a specific electronics boutique in air going there with my dad and looking at all the games. I just like, I, it just takes me so, so far back to like thinking about that. I then think about going to the shop next door where they sold Airfix models and getting a game and an Airfix model and going home and playing a game and building my model and just having so much like that sucked me right back into childhood. Um, I'm having it. Not to ruin your childhood, but uh, what's Airfix? Is that just a brand oh. or is that a type of model? Um, it's a. I suppose it's a. It's one of those ones like Hoover is a Hoover. It's a brand, but it's also to me the type like. Oh, okay, yeah, it, like Kleenex kind I've of thing. I have no idea what Kleenex is a tissue. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, People right, here okay. will be like, hey, hand me a Kleenex instead of hand me a tissue. Yeah, okay. It, it, it's when the name of the brand becomes so ubiquitous with the product. I would say uh, 3D Puzzle Kit. So, like, Notre Dame and a couple of cathedrals. Yeah, I love yeah. those. Anyway, anyway. Uh, what, what does it for me, and this is what I miss the most, right, is I miss being able to walk into an EB or a Babbage's or software, et cetera, or wherever here and find something that I know absolutely zero about. And this isn't at some kind of weird humble brag of like, oh, I know about all. Mm -hmm. It's just now games are so publicized, you generally know what's coming before they get here. Yeah. But being able to walk into a game shop and go, what is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right, so rolling on back to Rolling Thunder. Rolling. Um, rolling. <laughs> Rolling down the road. Proud Mary will keep on rolling. Oh. 
Um, I, I guess let's do final thoughts. Okay. Uh, there isn't much to say about this. Yeah, I I had an absolute blast. This is a game that's completely and utterly sucked me into wanting to find more good arcade platformers because it's never been something that I've clicked with. So so few platformers click with me that it's I'm surprised I surprised myself when I started getting into it how quickly I was playing it again and again and again and again and again just trying to get good at it. I never I never do that. It's normally not the thing I go for. It's ace. The music uh, which I'll play again. I'll just even if it's running under this whole episode because it's so awesome, it's really cool. <laughs> and just the general feel of it, I think the story is a wee bit odd. But you know the the Ku Klux Klan colourful guys that are coming after you, they're all kind of like just mobbing you, and they've got different colours for the different attacks, and you're just shooting them and having fun. It's just cool. It's like 60s spy era coolness. Turtleneck and a gun. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I was, I'm glad you brought up the time era because even, even then it was like, whoa, this is like an old James yeah, Bond movie. Yeah. This is really cool. It, it nails it with the music and, and just from the way the guy looks. I can't say I remember seeing the KKK in very many James Bond uh, movies. No, no. But um, yeah, I, the, this has remained uh, whenever I do... Uh, Arcade night with my family. This has remained almost always in the rotation. It it you die incredibly quick sometimes, which makes it for fun past the controller mm-hmm. play. But when you do well at it, it feels really good. Yeah. So um, I would recommend if you're up to it, man, give this a shot. Pop it in an emulator. Um, don't don't buy it. It's probably not worth what it's selling for now. But um. Yeah, just give this a shot. It's a lot of fun, and it's not a game that's done very much after mid-80s. Like, that kind of game died out pretty yeah. quickly. More importantly... Yes. More importantly, Craig, you are also going to have another just straight-up classic. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of, but... I thought, because this is 1986 and we've got Rolling Thunder, which is 60 Spy, bring it like super awesome spy type thing a year later with Metal Gear because it's a different kind of spy. It's sneaky, sneaky spy. Oh, I've just remembered. Do you know what Rolling Thunder reminded me of? Uh, For almost no reason, but I couldn't help but think about it. What? Counter Spy. I think it's PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. I can't. It's definitely on the PlayStation 4, but I think it oh, might be on both. Oh, yeah, it took me a second, but yeah, it's got like that Team Fortress yes. art to it. And yeah, it's, okay. It's side-scrolling platform and a bit more stealthy. The shooting sections are over the shoulder, but it reminded me of that. Anyway, Metal Gear. What is that called? Is it called mod? Is it mod art style? Oh, I've got no idea. We need Luke for that sort of question. All right, you watched the complete series of The Avengers. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Mod Squad, and we'll come back and we'll talk about cool. it. Cool. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Um, Metal Gear. 1987, we're going to do Metal Gear. Now, uh, two things here. Number one, uh, like I said on a previous one that I can't remember, uh, out of curiosity, did colorblindness hurt you at all in this? No. Good, good, good. I, I was a little worried with the bullets, like if they blended no, in. No, no, Every, everything was A-OK. And number two... I'm going to leave you with a question about Metal Gear. Oh, 
Uh, you are specifically wanting to do the MSX version, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So MSX Metal Gear, if you have the PS3 collection, it's on there, I think, and it's pretty easily emulatable. Anyway, the question is this. So having just finished Metal Gear Solid Five, Snake is often called the ultimate soldier. But he's not really a soldier, Craig. He's more of a spy, wouldn't you say? He is. That's, that's kind of where I was going with the whole spy thing from Roland Thunder. This. But, well, know, then why, would, why is he called the ultimate soldier? Eh, because I think soldier... Okay, right. I don't know. I'm went into full marketing mode there. Um, soldiering isn't just about warfare. Maybe it is about espionage as well. So... To be the ultimate soldier, you don't have to overtly be aggressive. You have to be smart, and you have to play the long game when it comes to intelligence and counterintelligence. Okay, well, that's probably why I never made it into the army. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, I'm making I have up. no head for intelligence and spying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we ponder that question. Until we do another Retro Rewind, but uh, I believe we have other episodes coming out beforehand. Craig, why don't you fill them in on the schedule for the next little bit? Well, why do I have to do that? Because you're the schedule guy, All and right. you're just stalling for time so you can pull up the spreadsheet. How did you know? It's very transparent, Craig. Well, I know. Uh, so, thanks for putting me in this really awkward, like, really super awkward spot. So, next week, we've got Metal Gear. The week after that, we've got an as-yet-undecided game to play because oh. we haven't <laughs> spoken about that yet. We're doing well, that next you see, week. listener, uh, we're recording in the past, and sometimes we run into this little faux pas of which we haven't decided. So, we will do Metal Gear... And then a mystery game. <laughs> so, um, say goodnight to the fine people. Uh, we can't really say anything for the game. Unless know, you go pew I know. pew. I know. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye! Goodbye!